Hey guys, thank you so, so much for tuning into my first ever podcast. This is PETA and you're listening to Pitching to PETA. Um, so I am really excited. This is my first podcast ever. And to be honest, this is probably something that God placed on my heart a few months ago. I am a writer at heart. I love, love, love to write. Um, Sometimes it is a little hard with finding the time to do so as I am a mom of two growing boys, one eight-year-old and one two-year-old. And so I asked God to really show me some other venues and just some other avenues that I can go to share his word. I love to make videos and just talk about how God has done some extremely great things in my life or just how he is moving and how he's working in my family's lives and I usually post them on social media such as Facebook or Instagram and I just wanted another venue another avenue excuse me to really share God's vision um, in my life and just the way God has moved and the way God has blessed me and so Uh, This is just another avenue for that. So I'm extremely excited that you are listening. I'm extremely excited to be doing this. Um, A little about myself. I am, as I said, a mom of two growing boys, an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. I am the oldest sibling of five. And so sometimes that can be... um, a challenge to be an example to a whole bunch of teenagers. Um, I currently am, I've been married for almost nine years this year. Um, Big celebration with that. I have, however, um, my husband and I have been separated for almost a year now. So there's some big transitions in my life with that. Um, But needless to say, I love 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 sharing God's word and the way that he has just blessed my family and the way that um, he has provided and shown favor and protection and so right now I want to get into uh, the topic of my podcast today the title of my message is called in between um in between Uh, you know obviously we know that's not the beginning we know that's not the end that's somewhere in the middle that's somewhere in between the front and the back the beginning and the end and a lot of times that in between can really be confusing it can be full of anxiety it can cause a lot of fear I know for me that's me speaking to myself being in the in-between is not somewhere I like to linger Um, but sometimes God's plan for us is to learn while we are in that in-between before we can get to the end and so as I stated I have been married for almost nine years Um, I've been separated for almost a year now Um, and so that stuff kind of came as um, that's sort of where my in-between is right now um, with parenting alone and learning to be a single parent and raise two boys as I am a mom you know sometimes I don't quite understand the boy emotions but I'm learning and it's just really been a big transition I have my husband and I we 
um, did a lot of firsts. Um, we got married super young, so we, you know, purchased our first vehicle together. Our first home was built from the ground up together. Um, we have two incredible boys together. We just had like the whole dream, the high school sweethearts, the white picket fence, maybe not really a white picket fence, but we had everything that we wanted and that we dreamed. And we oftentimes heard, oftentimes heard a lot of people say like, man, I, I, I wish, or I can't wait. I hope my marriage is like yours one day. Like you're so blessed. You're so young. Y'all have your life together. Um, and so when the separation came into play, it was a little devastating for me for that to take place. And so when that happened, we went from two incomes to one income. And me and our two children, we remained in the house. My husband moved out. And um, switching from two incomes to one and some other financial like struggles that I was going through because of a new job. Um, it really left me in a vulnerable position financially and I could no longer afford to pay for a house. I could no longer afford to uh, pay for a vehicle. I could no longer, I could no longer afford anything at that point. And so needless to say, I took my two children, we moved out of the house, the house was put up on the market and it sold. Uh, but for a month, I had to move in with my parents for a month with my two children and all of my siblings. And like I said, I'm a oldest sibling of five and my two parents and my two boys and then boyfriends and girlfriends of my siblings. Um, we all lived in the same house for a month, so you can imagine that was extremely stressful. Um, but after a month, I got an apartment. Um, my two boys and I, we moved into that apartment, and we've been there since October. Um, and so I feel like right now I'm in that middle. I'm not exactly where I want to be because my desire, my heart, God knows my dreams are, are owning a home again. I care to have a family where there is a male presence speaking into my children, whether, you know, God's plan to restart my marriage is there or whatever his plan is. God knows my heart's desire to have a family, um, to have a home, to be able to be in ministry as I once was to be able to be financially stable again. And so God just knows those things that are in my heart. Um, I'm not there yet. I am in an apartment. I'm single parenting. Um, you know, so I'm in the middle. I'm in between. I'm somewhere between the mess and the miracle, if you would have it. So <laughs> I know a lot of people may find themselves in that same situation you've gone through a hard process or you've gone through some life-changing event that in that moment we want to call the mess the mess would be you know my separation the possibility of a divorce the moving out of my house and into an apartment um, my miracle would be a family a home to call mine not a rental there's nothing wrong with renting but I desire my home um so that's my miracle i'm not there yet but at the same time 
by the grace of God, I'm no longer at the beginning of my mess. I am in between. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, and I hold tight to God's promises of a family. I hold tight to God's promises of his blessings, of his faithfulness, of his fruitfulness, of his protection. And so I cling to his promises. But I know that I'm not the only person. I know I'm not the only person that is alone that's gone through those things. And sometimes when you are in the middle, that is when you're most likely, at least for me, to find yourself filling those voids. Um, and you it's so easy to fall prey to anxiety and depression and anger and the questioning of why me, why me, this is so hard. When will I ever get out of this? Um, I hold tight to God's promises. Um, one of his promises that has been so near and dear to my heart is Joel 2.25. God says, I will give you back what you lost. Oh, that is so powerful. God himself is saying, I will give you back everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but I do know what was already taken from me. So I can only expect that what God is going to give back to me is going to be far better than what was stolen from the beginning. Um, and so I really, really wish I had somebody um, to kind of slap me around. So be it as I stepped into this mess, as I was progressing through the mess, as I got from A to G where I am right now, because I'm not at Z yet. Um, and so I really wish I had somebody kind of guide me along or just encourage me or just, you know, influence me um, to trust God. And so really in this situation, God's really, like I said, he's been gracious at providing that protection, at providing the the favor and the grace and the mercy and just providing in general. So I love that. I love that God is there for us from the beginning to the end. One thing that I've learned in this, sometimes, you know, I want to be at my miracle already and I want to rush God. Um, but I've learned that when I'm in the middle of the mess and the miracle when I'm in the middle of trouble that's when God wants to come into our lives that's when God wants to sharpen us through it God wants to sharpen us through that mess God wants to mold us God wants to transform us into something greater and while that is so great what well, we can pray and hope and wait for that day that we can look back and see the molding and see the progress and see the transformation. One thing I love is that God wants others to also see his transformation in us. And I love that. I love, I don't love the suffering. Don't get me wrong. I do not love the suffering. I do not like the mess. But what I do love is knowing that God is going to use that situation, not only to fix me, not only to correct the things that I've done wrong, not only to teach me, but to build his kingdom through me and through my mess. Oh, I love that. So we have to trust him in the mess while we are in it. And that is so, I feel like that is the most cliche Christianist thing that you can say. I don't even know if Christianist is a word, but it is for me right now. It's so cliche. Just trust God. Just trust God. Um, you know, I remember battling 
uh, last year, uh, about a year ago, I was battling, I was walking through one of the hardest seasons of my life. My husband and I had just separated. Um, but besides that, there were some underlying issues that I was dealing with. I was battling a very, very deep and dark depression. Um, and it just seemed like when it rained, it poured. There were so many things that I not only did my husband had just moved out, I was dealing with severe anxiety. I was dealing with a dark depression. There was some, some underlying trauma that I had dealt with that finally came back up and it came back up worse than when I just buried it. So separation, anxiety, depression, I'm so confused. I found out that I had a heart disease. I found out through that that I had an underlying sickness I never knew about. My blood pressure was elevated through the roof. How was I not in the hospital? Um, my thyroid was messed up. I was taking medication for everything and it just seemed like the world needed to end, um, for me at least. I was in the worst time of my life. And so many people just said, just trust God, just trust God. And oh my gosh, I wanted to just say, shut up, shut up, please. Because as I mentioned before, I, I've served God since I was 17 years old. That was 10 years ago that I gave my life to Christ. And there's been times where I've rededicated it, but I've never not trusted God. I've never not believed in him. And so for someone, some person just to say trust God when I am on the edge on the verge of a deep depression and questioning my importance of existence and someone just says all you need to do is trust God oh my gosh it it was not helpful it it was not helpful if anything it wanted me to push further away from my faith and and so when I say trust God in this mess. I don't want to just say, trust God and leave you with that. No, no. Because what I needed then is what I'm going to share today. And I hope and pray that you take those things and you don't walk away and just think, oh, all I got from that was trust God. No, 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 no. I want to give you some points and some tools to remember in the middle of your mess so that way it helps you trust God. I know a lot of times when people would say, just trust God. I'm like, I've already trusted him. And this is where I've, you know, this is where I've ended up. Am I blaming God? No, but I don't. Are, are you saying that because I don't trust God, this is happening to me? There were so many things that ran through my mind when people just said, trust God. And I'm like, well, I trust him. How much more? can I trust God? Um, and there were no tools. There were no, there was no guideline. There was no process for me to get through just trusting God. So I want to do that today. I want to do that. I don't want to just leave you with just trust God and then leave, send you on your way. No, um, I won't do that. So the first thing that you need to do when you're remembering to trust God in this mess, um, not only just remember trust God, but remember that God is so much more capable of managing your life than you are. I'll say that again. God is much more capable at managing your life than you are. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh when God brought this, this to me because 
They reminded me of my kid, my youngest. His name is Ben. He's two years old. And he and my oldest are so different. They're so different in every single way that you can possibly imagine. Um, my youngest, Ben, loves to help. He is so helpful sometimes. He's too helpful to where you're like, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Um, and so, it, actually, the other day, I was cooking dinner and... I was making some pork chops, some corn, some green beans, and I'm getting hungry, and he wanted to help, and I'm like, dude, you know, I got it, I got it, it's okay, it's okay, mama has it, but he was so adamant, and he's smart enough to know that if I grab a chair, and I take this chair to the counter, and stand on that chair, I can reach, so, you know, there's not a, there's not an excuse anymore, uh, and so, finally, I was like, okay, Peta, he just wants to help, let him help. So I opened the corn and I'm like, okay, bud, put the corn in the pot. Cool. He did that. Great. He wanted something else to do. All right, dude, put the green beans in the pot. He did that. Great. He wanted something else to do. At this point, there's nothing left for him to really do because the rest requires me to season the meat and cook it. Um, and so I opened the package of meat. I'm seasoning. He sees me seasoning and he wants to do that too. And I'm like, oh, no, please, no. But fine, you know what? I know how much you want to help. I don't want to send you away. And so, you know what? Let's do this. So I grab a small plate. I put a piece of meat on there for him. I grab a small bowl. I put the spices in the bowl. And I show him. I say, all right, here you go, dude. You're going to, like, grab a pinch and sprinkle it on the meat. So I go back to cooking. And he's right next to me, you know, so I can keep a close eye on him. But I'm also still focusing on cooking and seasoning other things and, you know, just kind of cleaning as I go. And as I look over to see how he's doing, I realize that he is actually sprinkling the seasoning on the plate and not the meat. So <laughs> I'm just like, dude, no, okay, put it on the meat. Let me show you again. This is how you do things. And so he finally realizes, oh, put it on the meat. I look away. I gave him the instructions what to do. Um, this is a meal that I've made countless times, so I know exactly how it needs to be done. And I look over again to check on him to see how he's doing. And he is sprinkling the meat with the seasoning. All right. However, he is sprinkling the exact same Spot. He's not putting it all over the place, all over the meat. He's just putting it in one spot. And I'm like, okay, Pop, no, like that's not how we do that. You have to put it everywhere. Let's flip the meat over. Let's try again. And then, you know, so anyways, he did the same thing. He put it in one spot. Like I said, he's only two. He just turned two. So, you know, his, his motor skills are still, he's still learning. Um, but I started to get, I noticed that I started to get frustrated because I'm just like, dude, that's not how you do it. I know how to do it. Just let me do it. Just, just let me do it. Do you ever get to that point where you ask somebody to do something for you, but they're not doing it exactly the way that you want them to do it? So then you're like, you know what? Now I got it. Just give it back to me. Oh, I, that is me. And this is a prime example with my kid trying to help me cook. I'm like, you're not doing it the right way. I know what's best. I know how much seasoning needs to go on it. I know how long it needs to cook. I need you to just 
listen to me and trust me and just follow my example. And God really spoke to me through that. Because there's so many times where I thought, this is the best way to go. This is the best way to do things with my life. And obviously it wasn't. He's done this before. He's seen this before. There's nothing he has not seen. There's nothing that's too extreme for him. There's nothing that's new to him. You know, like I said, I, this is a meal that I've cooked multiple times, so I knew what was best for that meal. God knows what's best for our lives. We just have to follow what he says. He's so much more capable at managing our life than we are. Sometimes I try and suggest to God, hey, I know you're doing your thing, but uh, could you speed it up? Could you hurry up? So, uh, God, I know that, like, you're trying to teach me something, but if we could just, like, bypass this and go another route, that'd be great, too. You know, I'm, I'm a passenger seat driving, so to speak. But I love that his word, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His methods are better. He is God. We're not. He's got this. And our job is to give it to him. He knows what's best. He knows what's best. He's much more capable at handling our lives than we are. Like I said, nothing is new to him. And that brings me to the second thing. <laughs> this is revelation to me. Your situation did not take God by surprise. Oh, your situation did not take God by surprise. You know, when my husband and I first got married, I was we were super young. I was 18. He was 20. Um, we had our kid a few months late, our first kid a few months later. So we jumped into the ball of things of being a newlywed couple and first time parents. We did everything together. Um, and then as life started progressing, we started to settle into life. We started settling into things. We knew each other. We started settling into our family and, there was this dream that we had that, you know, we were going to be together forever and that we were going to serve ministry side by side. We were going to work ministry side by side. And I'm not saying that those things will never happen, but in that moment, you know, those were our dreams and our plans. And so when the separation came into place, it took me for a spin. It was like someone pulled the rug out from under my feet. This is not how things are supposed to be. What in the world is going on? Like we've argued before. We've fought before. We've needed some time away from each other before, before we strangle each other. But never to the point to where one of us has gone to actually seek a divorce with the lawyer. Like, 
what? That dream of how life was supposed to be was completely killed. It's not supposed to be like this. This is not how we plan things to be. But our mess doesn't take God by surprise. Psalms 139, 2 and 4 says, You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You are familiar with all of my ways. God is familiar with all of your ways. He already knows. He knew. He knew from the beginning what you were going to go through. He knew what was going to happen in your life. He knew that the separation and this independence that I'm, I have right now, he knew that was going to happen. God knew what you were going to go through. He knew exactly what you were going to go through. And, you know, sometimes we question then, well, if God knew, like, is God truly just if he knew that we were going to suffer, if he knew that we were going to go through this mess, well, wouldn't he stop it? Wouldn't he not allow that if God loves us? Um, you know, and, and for I truly believe that that answer to that is then we wouldn't have an opportunity to learn. We wouldn't have an opportunity to learn. In this, I, I mentioned the word independence. Um, you know, when my husband and I were together, like I said, we got married super young and there was a reoccurring um, issue that I had when we would argue and when I would feel down and I would tell him, I just don't feel like I ever got to experience life. Um, we'd been together since I was 16. I'd been in love with them since I was like, 15 and then we got married at 18 um and then here I am 22 years old saying I don't feel like I experienced life and as a spouse I can assure that that does that was not something he necessarily wanted to hear and you know it takes two to tango I wasn't perfect he wasn't either um and so I I can go ahead and say that I know that wasn't something that he wasn't to hear and I did not mean that in a rude way I wanted to experience what it was like to be independent because everything I did revolved around my husband and while that was you know great I, there was no wrong nothing wrong with that for me I didn't know in myself what it was like to go to the store by myself I didn't know what it was like to Eat at a restaurant alone. I wouldn't go anywhere alone. I wouldn't go anywhere without my husband. And it wasn't because of a control thing. It wasn't because I wanted my husband with me. It was a me thing. I was not confident enough. I didn't trust myself enough to be able to feel like I can handle these things. Had my husband and I not separated a year ago, I would have never known the strength that I have right now. I would have never known 
the confidence that I have right now. I would have never known what it's like to hustle, to get myself up off of the floor, out of a panic attack and say, no devil, not today. My kids need to eat. I don't care what is going on in my life right now. I'm picking myself up and I'm going to go cook dinner for these boys and we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and we're going to thank God for the food and we're going to pray together and we are going to enjoy life. I would have never known the strength that I have to declare positivity and to declare God's word over my life had I not gone through a separation. Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I love that. I love that because it tells us to throw off those things that are hindering us. And I had to throw off that spirit of depression so that way I could truly see what God had done for my family and the way that he had protected us. Your situation didn't take God by surprise. He's familiar with all of your ways. He is in absolute control. Another thing to remember while you are in between your mess is Psalms 56, um, chapter, excuse me, chapter 56, verse 8. You keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all of my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. God is more compassionate than we realize remember that God is so much more compassionate than we realize this scripture tells us not only does he see our tears not only does he see our cries but he collects them in a bottle uh, you know when I first read that I kind of chuckled to myself and I still do because there's this old Johnny Depp movie called Crybaby and he was super super young um, and it's a musical and he gets arrested for whatever reason and there's this girl who's like in love with him and she's crying that he got arrested and she's sitting in her room and she has a mason jar in her hand and she is legit holding the mason the mason jar up to her face as the tears fall in she's collecting his tears and I, or her tears and I'm like oh my gosh but then the weird thing is she ends up like drinking it and I'm like that's gross <laughs> I would never do that but this scripture always reminds me of the movie of that scene in the movie crybaby but that oh my gosh that act that he does that response to our crying shows he's shows that he is trustworthy his response to us hurting his response that not only does he see us cry he collects those tears for us that response right there shows that he goes above and beyond the casual listener he's working things out for our best 
he goes beyond what any other human would do. He is much more compassionate than we realize. <laughs> so, I um, I didn't realize how gracious our God is until until recently. I had a really good friend uh, that she meant a lot to me. She kind of stuck by me through a lot of the separation. However, she she encouraged the singleness of my separation. And I didn't follow through with that because I knew biblically it was still wrong to try and date while still being married. And so I, I really pushed that to the side and was like, no, that's not something that I'm going to do. I am still married. I still want to be honoring to my marriage I, because I still want to honor God in this. Um, and so anyway, she was just not encouraging in the things that she should have been encouraging for me as a follower of Christ. And long story short, I was like, we, there's no way that this is going to work out as friends because we believe in different things and like we can be cool, but I, I didn't need that influence in my life or around my children. And so I was saddened that I lost a friend, but the very next day I was so, I felt free. I was so excited to wake up and feel like I did not have to water down my faith because she didn't want to hear it. I felt free. And God said, Peter, that is my protection. That is my protection. You have to remember that God is so compassionate, much more compassionate than you realize in your mess. Some, we have to also remember that sometimes these learning experiences aren't just things that God says, you know what, I want to teach you something. I want to grow your character. Sometimes we find ourselves in that situation because of a decision that we made. Don't get that twisted. You can't blame God for decisions that you made and now you're having to go through those consequences and you may come out learning to not make that choice again, but don't get that twisted and just say, God doesn't love me. No, sometimes, honey, we have to, we have to go through those consequences and I've been there as well. Believe me, I've made those mistakes as well. There, there was a time during the separation where I felt like I just wanted to be happy and so I began drinking. I wanted to just forget about all my problems. And I started drinking. I started going out to get drinks after work. And then I found myself in this predicament where I was spending a lot of money. And now I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. God, get me out of this situation. God, bless me. Send me like you know, okay, God, like send, send me some type of blessing. Let me get some kind of check in the mail because I overpaid my insurance somewhere. Like do something. And God's like, no, 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 no. I put myself in that situation 
and I had to deal with it. I, did I learn something? Yeah, I did. But I put myself in that situation, and I could have blamed God. It's like, God, you know, you're not here protecting my family. Like, I'm struggling financially. I need you to send down some big miracle. I need you to bless me and my family and my household, and you're not doing that. You're so untrustworthy. I can't trust you with anything, God. But that would have been wrong because I put myself in that situation. Make sure you're not blaming God for things that you've put yourself in. And instead, say, God, I own up. I, I messed up. You know, I, I messed up. I should not have gone to that place. I should not have gone to that person's house. I should not have drank that. I should not have smoked that. I should not have said that. God, I should not have sat there and gossiped with those people. And now it got back to so-and-so about what I said. And now they don't want to talk to me no more. I messed up, God. God, I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask that you see me through this. Father God, and let this be a learning lesson that brings honor to you. And God's going to meet you there because he's compassionate. God's going to meet you there. Keep your heart right. And he's going to meet you. Remember this, my fourth thing, God can <laughs> at any time, I mean, at any time, clear up your mess. Whew. Sometimes I'm like, all right, God, if you got that much power, then uh, let's go. Like snap your fingers, do your steps. You can do it all by yourself. Yeah. Okay. That's like a song that I used to listen to in middle school. Anyways, come on, God. You know, if you can clear this mess up, let's go. You know, um, but God can clear up the mess at any time he wants to. But what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you that you're in the middle of, of this mess? It means that you have to wait on his timing. And as you are waiting, learn all that you can. Learn all that you can. Man, that is so, oh, I, I I keep bringing up like my marriage because obviously that is one of the biggest things in my life. Um, I still, cons I, even though my husband and I have been separated, um, I haven't signed any divorce papers or anything like that. I have not filed. I still see myself as married. I don't know what God's plan is right now for that because I'm not at Z. I'm not at the miracle. Um, but what I am doing now is I am learning how to be a wife. I intentionally set time aside to read, to talk to married women, women that have been married for many years, but not only have they been married for many years, they've been in church for many years. Their husband also serves with them. I am intentional about what I am learning. Because one day, when I meet my miracle, I want to say, I used my suffering wisely. I took that time and learned as much as I can about how to be a godly wife. I learned as much as I can about how to pray for my husband from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I learned how to pray for my husband and everything in between. 
in my mess, I learned coping mechanisms for when I feel overwhelmed. So that way I don't lose it when my kid spills his glass of milk. In my waiting and my learning, I learned the importance of physical health. I learned the importance of mental health. I used this time to learn, use your time to learn as much as you can. I want to read you Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose for them. We know that in this mess, hard times are going to come. Whether we're in a mess or not, hard times are going to come. That's just a matter of life. We cannot prevent that. Hard times are going to come. Now, we have to be sure that we don't allow those hard times to knock us down. They're going to make us weary. They're going to make you weary. But that doesn't mean you're defeated. Our assurance rests in his word that says he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. I love that. I I love reading scriptures that have a promise, but also I love God's promises. I love when he just says, you know what? I want to bless you because that's just who I am. But I love, for me, I love even more when there is a promise that has a, um, like a precondition to it, I guess. For example, a lot of people like to quote the scripture, God will give you the desires of your heart. But what is the very beginning of that scripture? Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that because for me, for my anxious mind, there's instruction. Take delight in him. All right. I will do that. I love to learn. I love to follow rules. Take delight in the Lord. I will do that. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Romans 8, 28. God will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good. His word says, we know God causes everything to work together. That's great. But for those who love God and are called to his purpose for them. I love that because like I said, for me, it's instruction to love God. These instructions he he gives us aren't self-seeking for me. The instructions he gives are to bring honor to him. And isn't that what we want? That's what I want. So we have to be moldable. We have to be teachable. God at any time can clear up this mess. He can do some supernatural healing and miracle and take you out from where you are right now and just put you at the miracle. But until we're there, learn as much as you can. Be teachable. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. Be moldable. Let him, in this waiting, fix some kinks. Let him 
smooth those lines out. There was a book I was reading when my husband and I first separated that um, really meant a lot to me and it taught me a lot. And it talked about how when we're broken, when we are in the mess, sometimes life beats us so bad that we're like broken into nothing. You're like, God, I'm broken. But then you have this that comes along and then this that hits and then this that hits and that hits and this hits and it's just like overwhelming and you're broken but at this point you're not even broken you're like finally grinded up dirt and dust (laughs) you're that broken but (laughs) oh what does God use to make us his word says that what he picked up dust and he created he breathed life into Adam God's favorite ingredient to use is dust I love that so when I am broken beyond all repair what it feels like and I just feel like I'm broken into dust God's favorite ingredient to use is dust take that mix it with some water (laughs) make some clay he becomes the potter And we're in his hands. And at that point, he can mold us. He can shape us. And in my time of separation from my husband, I asked God, God, let mold me. Mold my husband. Mold the people that are involved in this. My mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my sister-in-law, my parents, my siblings our friends, everybody that's been affected. Father God, take us and mold us. But we got to be patient in his timing. There were so many times where I would say, God, here I am, mold me, shape me, fix me, smooth those lines. You know, I'm clay in your hands, fix me. But then I would turn around and like, hey God, are you done? Hey God, are you done? Hey, God, are you done? I kept on and on and on. And God finally had to tell me, Peter, stop. You want me to finish this mess. You want me to fix this problem. Then let me fix it. Get your hand out of it. And that leads me to my next point. Point number five, God is incapable of misunderstanding. He is incapable of mismanaging and he is incapable of making mistakes. Oh, I love that. God said, Peter, you keep putting your hand in this. You are delaying my fixing. You are delaying my healing. You need to stop meddling. I got this. Deuteronomy 2, or excuse me, Deuteronomy 32, 4, he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. His works are perfect. His ways are just. He doesn't get it wrong ever. Ever. We can though. Imagine you giving God your problem and saying, here God, fix it. And he's trying to, gosh, he wants to fix it for you. He wants to make this thing new for you. But you keep interrupting. You keep meddling. Imagine if God just says, fine, 
here you go. Here, Peta, here's this piece of clay. I want you to mold your husband how you think he should be. I am so liable to make a mistake. I might make one arm longer than the other arm. He might have a misproportioned ear, a missing eyeball, and a falling nose. I can make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. Quit meddling. He is incapable of messing up. He does not mess up. He is just. He is fair. And what he does is perfect. He's never wrong. Let God work his miracle. Let God fight your battles. Get quiet. Get quiet. Mm, when I stop interrupting him, <laughs> you can believe things started to change. He said, Peter, how many times are you going to interrupt me? Do you want a half-finished product? Because I can give it to you. Or do you want something that is perfect? Oh, I'm like, God, I want it perfect, but I want it now. It's like, but this ain't no this ain't no microwave dinner. This is the four course meal. I need to make everything from scratch. I gotta go milk the cow. I gotta go wait on the eggs to hatch from the chicken. Like I, I am making this perfect for you. If you want it right now, sure, I'll give it to you. But it won't be that. It'll be, I keep talking about food because I love food. It'll be a ramen noodle in comparison to a well-cooked steak. And I'm like, ooh, I do love me some noodles. But man, I love me some steak with some A1 sauce. Am I patient enough to wait for that? If I am, I got to quit meddling. You got to quit meddling. God's not going to mess up. It's hard. I, I get it. It's hard. And you're like, God, hurry up. Hurry up, God. Be quiet. Stop interrupting him. You keep interrupting. You're delaying his healing. You're delaying his fixing. You're delaying his promises. You are delaying your own miracle. I was delaying my miracle. Be quiet. Sit back. And give it to him. You're going to gain some peace from that. I gained some peace when I finally let go and just said, God, all right. Now, did I say that things are easy? No, 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 no. I still get emotional. But there's so much more peace knowing that God's got this. And I don't have to feel confused because chaos and confusion are not a God. They're not. Number six, God already has the problem solved. Uh, we know that we're in this mess. We're in between. There's a miracle out there. I, I don't know what mine looks like. I don't know what yours looks like. You may not know what yours looks like. We might have an idea of what we want it to look like, but God knows what it looks like. God already has that problem solved. While we're waiting not only are you supposed to be learning everything, take advantage of learning everything that you can, do what you're supposed to do. Don't sit here and say, I, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Those little 
heartstrings, the little heart tugs that you feel, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, get out of bed and spend time with me. See, we're looking for a certain resolution before we can say our problem is fixed. <laughs> it needs to look a certain way before we can say we're it's fixed. We need to be a certain way before we can say we're healed. One of the things that I dealt with when everything happened, when it rained at board, uh, my blood pressure spiked like crazy and I got placed on medication for my blood pressure. Um, that was one of the things. And of course, they're like, you need to lose weight. You need, you know, that'll eliminate a lot of things. Of course, it's always the number one solver of things is weight loss. <laughs> so in my mind I needed to look like this bad body hot mom like okay I am wearing crop tops and some cute shorts with some sandals I need to be swimsuit season ready before healing before I look like healing before I look like healed um you know that that's not what healing looks like I lost some weight in this, yeah. But before I lost weight, the healing of my mind and the healing of my heart weren't dependent on what the number was on the scale. I have been off of my blood pressure medicine for about five months now. And that's healing, guys. I don't look anything anything <laughs> I'm 411 I'm overweight I am just chubby and round everywhere in all the right places I don't look anything like my mind says I should but that doesn't mean that I'm not healed I've been off my blood pressure medication for five months I've gone from seven medications to three and I'm claiming that it'll be zero that's what healing looks like we got to stop being so picky. When God blesses you, oh man, take it. God, you bless me with a healthy blood pressure. But I don't look like, I don't look like her. Oh, oh well. God, thank you for that blessing. Thank you that even though I'm so far from a healthy weight that I should be at, you've taken away that high blood pressure. Stop looking for things to look a certain way before you can start claiming healing. Before you can say that your problem is fixed. God looks at the details of our intentions, of our hearts. We're, he's looking at that. Did you take notice of that detail? I found out that the heart disease I have is pretty serious. Any, any type of heart condition is serious, of course. But what scared me the most was that, was being told, you know, if you're not careful, PETA, with this condition at any time, you can go into cardiac arrest. Do you know how frightful that is to think as I'm driving down the road with my two boys that at any given moment, 
I could take my last breath. I could sit in that and I could linger and I could be angry with God. But, you know, it's not. It's, I don't have to be angry with him. Number seven. A messy situation is one of the ways God awakens our need for him. It grows our dependence on him. It shapes our character and draws us closer to him. At some point, we got to start asking, why are we here? Like I said earlier, don't waste your suffering. Don't waste your hell. Learn from it. Don't waste your mess. Learn from it. Break it. Don't go back to that cycle that you found yourself in. Don't go back to that. Don't go back to A. Don't go back to the beginning of the mess. You are already in the middle. You're already at H, I, J, K. Don't go back to A. Learn from it. You know, like I said earlier, life is going to throw, life is going to come. Life is going to throw the hardest curveballs it can at you. However, God says in his word in James 1, 2, and 4 that when trouble comes our way, we need to consider it an opportunity we're great joy because when we do, our faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow, and when that is grown, we are perfect and complete, we're fully developed, and we will lack nothing. I love that. God can be trusted as long as we remember those cues and we do those things and we don't, we don't, excuse me, see this as a waste of time. We got to get to the bottom of why things are the way they are. There is a learning lesson in everything. Learn all that you can in this mess. Learn while you wait. Depend on God. Lean on him. In this time, let healing take place. Cry, hurt, feel what you need to feel. Stop trying to right the wrongs and just let your wrongs be gone. Let them be gone. Let it go. And embrace where you at right now in the in-between and trust God.